Good morning, Lieutenant Governor Hochul. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Thank you for coming on. Uh, real quick, first question. Are there any pierogies left over, or have you finished them all? <laughs> They're gone. They're okay. gone. <laughs> oh, my God. Them? I actually, like I said, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I have frozen ones right now. Yeah. And they, I was putting stuff away the other day. I got a delivery for groceries, and they fell out. And I laughed because I was like, oh, I remember talking about Yeah, <laughs> There are those pierogies I spoke about with the lieutenant governor. Um, all right, lieutenant governor, let me ask you the question. How far is New York from phase one? I know I, I, I heard the governor yesterday talking about um, there's a possibility the social distancing guidelines could be eased by June 1st, but he's not betting the farm on it. Um, we're not at phase one yet. How far along are we in that process of getting there? Well, we hate to be so vague, but the truth is is that we're not at the beginning anymore. We're not at the end. We're at the end of the beginning. Yeah. I know that doesn't make sense, but that's what Winston Churchill said when he was describing you know, our status in World War II. We are, we are now at a point where we can start having the conversations and putting forward a plan to start reopening the economy. And it will happen in a very phased way, and we'll be looking at testing, first of all, to make sure that we have a strong sense that it's a safe time to allow New Yorkers to leave their homes and go back to specific industries that are identified as places that it's easier to social distance. You know, we, I think about outdoor construction and some other places. We just opened up marinas and boatyards and golf courses. So we are being very thoughtful in the, our approach to make sure that we do nothing to increase the infection rate. That is our greatest fear, that we start opening up and the floodgates start and we're exactly where we were uh, in March and we are terrified about the prospect of over flooding our hospital system. So we are trying very hard to prevent that and that's why there's gonna be a very methodic approach. But, but at least we're in a better place than we were a few weeks ago by far. For sure. You know, you mentioned testing, and I was reading something earlier this week or earlier this week. It's Tuesday. I was reading something yesterday. I don't even know what day it is anymore, Lieutenant Governor. Um, that testing was going to reportedly need to triple before talk of reopening. Is that possible, and how much of that is based on federal and state communication and collaboration? Well, we are really ramped up testing. I mean, there have been over 500,000 people tested in New York, more than any state in the nation. That Again, if you have a population of 19 million, it's not where you want to be. And, in fact, the, you know, the governor is heading to Washington today, and he's going to be talking to the president, and, we're, and he's going to continue pushing, as he has been, for the federal government to help us. We're not saying you have to conduct the test. You don't have right. to send an army here to go after everybody in a car and stick a needle in their arm or whoever they're going to do the test to prick their fingers. We're simply saying, can you use your clout to get us the reagents, the chemicals needed to do the test from supply chains that are coming from China? We don't. New York doesn't have that relationship. Can you help us do that, and can you get companies in America to mass-produce something as simple as these swabs that have to be used? Mm -hmm. It's a shortage of supplies. We're willing to do it. We want to do it, but we can't make these supplies come out of thin air. That's our challenge. So the federal government can help us, and we can be in a much better place. That's where we want to go. You know, everybody's got all these things on their mind, and parents are now teachers and all these other other things, living rooms or offices. There's no foreseeable answer as far as schooling goes, right? Well, here's the issue. We are looking at this in blocks of time. The governor just re-upped our New York pause till May 15th, but he didn't want to say till the end of the year because we don't know that these numbers won't head down rapidly. We don't don't know that testing won't scale up if we get what we need from the federal Mm -hmm. government. So we don't want to tie our hands and give out dates a month earlier because circumstances have changed so much. I mean, this virus has been wildly unpredictable. It was supposed to 
hit New Yorkers and Americans at a much higher rate. But the reason we were able to stop it is because people adhered to these really stringent social distancing guidelines. If they right. had done that, we would have the numbers would have been off the charts, would have been oh, of course, you know, the yeah. predictions that were out there a month ago. So we never quite sure if people are going to continue social distancing to drive it down, which is fantastic, or do people start getting complacent and start going out there and saying, I've been cooped up too long. And so it's really in the hands of New Yorkers of when this whole whole you know, nightmare ends, because if we keep adhering to social distancing, the numbers are starting to go down, especially you know, Nassau and Suffolk, which were getting hit so hard. It was, it was the number of uh, people who've tested positive, the number of people who are suffering, the number of people in hospitals, the number of people who've lost was really hard hit in, in on Long Island. But we're starting to see a better trend. I spoke to both county executives in the last day or two, and, and we're in a better place. So it's it's not up to us. It's up to continue, continue adherence to this, and then we'll make a decision uh, and when that next deadline approaches so people know. But I know it's maddening not to have any sense of this. Uh, you feel lost of control. You want to be able to understand whether your kids are now home till September or they yeah. uh, back in school in June. It, it's, it's a parent. It's just so frustrating. And I give a lot of credit to the parents and the teachers who are just struggling with it and the kids, too. I mean, their lives have been turned upside down. On the phone with Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul, uh, let's talk essential workers. I know you've been very outspoken uh, in support of women, and, and you've said that they are the tip of the spear in the fight against coronavirus, not only in the state of New York, but around the country. But let's focus in on New York. What are you most proud of when it comes to the strengths shown by the women of our state? Well, I think it's incredible. It's a testament to their resiliency, the fact that 76% of healthcare workers are women. You think about so many of them have children at home. Many are heads of household. And you know what? They're putting their own interests aside and putting on their uniform and launching into battle every single day. Yeah. I think that's phenomenal. And I don't think ever, anyone ever appreciated our health care workers or our transit workers or our grocery store workers, the majority of which, again, are women. Two-thirds of minimum wage workers in America are women. So by virtue of how this has played out, the women are the ones who are really suiting up for battle, and, and they're not staying home. They're not... They're, they're putting themselves at risk, and so I think that's something that we should be so proud of and rethink about how we value women in society and make sure they have opportunities for better-paying jobs going forward and make sure they have better child care options. I mean, who's watching their kids when the right. kids are home? They have to go be a nurse in a hospital, and they can't ask mom and dad to help with the kids because they have to protect older people. So they're under tremendous stress but they're still doing it. And I think that's just an example to all of us, people who've been able to stay home. And for those who lost their jobs, it's, it's scary. It's a frightening time. But, but many of us are protected. And these women in particular are out there, you know, in the transit systems, in the stores, in the pharmacies, and certainly in our hospital settings. And I think they just, I'm in awe of that. I think we should all give them recognition for what they're willing to do and how tough they really are. Talking about essential workers, I know the governor has been pretty adamant on getting that hazard pay for essential workers, um, saying he'd love to have a 50% bonus on top of those paychecks. Is that something he plans on bringing up with the president later today? I don't know what's going to be on that conversation, but certainly we think that makes sense. I mean, yeah. These individuals, again, have sacrificed tremendously. They've never said no. They're still out there. And let's give some recognition of what they've accomplished and how we couldn't be where we are without them. Right. Well, I think it's. I think it makes sense. And let's you know, especially Long Islanders who stepped up, I mean, they're doing incredible things. And but let's let's not just give them a, a thank you and a nice tweet and a pat on the back. Give them some more money. <laughs> They've yeah. had to endure incredible expenses 
and let's just recognize that you know, recognition can also come with a little more money in their next paycheck, and the federal government should recognize that. We are in a national state of emergency, and it makes complete sense for the federal government to help the people that are leading this battle by giving them hazard pay. Um, I just have one more quick question. The uh, When it comes to <laughs> the summer, the weather's getting nicer. I mean, and now there's talks of opening marinas and, and uh beaches and all that i mean i don't know if you saw florida but this weekend florida opened their beaches and it was like nothing was going on in the world there were people on top of people and um do you trust in people enough to say here's an inch and don't take a mile well i did not like the pictures i saw out of florida i thought are they on their minds i mean truly i mean that's that state has an older population. Right. You know, they may not be the 80-year-olds or 70-year-olds sitting on the beach with them, but they might go back and visit them or sit next to them in the local restaurant. And they, they're just have to be smarter about this. What we're proposing now is simply golf courses and marinas. And you think about activities where you're really not in crowds. I mean, neither one of those activities lend themselves to being around a lot of people. That's not beaches. We did not say beaches are open at this time because, mm-hmm. you know, again, people are, are they're, they've been pent up. They're frustrated. They can't wait to get outdoors and let the kids run around and you know have the sand between their toes and do a little surfing. I understand that. But if we, we could end up with an absolute explosion, you think about how the numbers went up in Florida after spring break or after Mardi Gras, uh, New Orleans was just crushed with more positive cases. It doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to figure out if you're gathered in crowds of people, you will spread this. And we're just asking New Yorkers to hold on a, a little while longer, stay with us, stay the course, because the last thing we want to have happen is to go through all this sacrifice and anguish and this whole, as I mentioned, a nightmare, and have to do it again in September or October. Yeah. We have to kill this beast once and for all. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I just want to, you know, just plead with New Yorkers to just stay the course, stay with us. We're going to continue giving information the second we know it. We've been very transparent, very honest with New Yorkers, telling them the good, the bad, the ugly. And it's because of their trust in us and our trust in them that we've been able to control this way beyond what it would have been if we didn't have that. So I'm just going to continue to praise New Yorkers for sticking with this and and they've they're the ones who deserve the credit for bending this curve and taking it downward finally and we're getting there we just need a little more time lieutenant governor hochel we appreciate the time real quick been trying to get the governor on the show would you recommend me sending him an edible arrangement perhaps some mini muffins <laughs> to kind of soften him up and get him on the show you know what send him some pierogies pierogies okay <laughs> there yeah. you go. and listen if you want to just throw me his personal cell phone number i'm not going to oppose that you just let me know off the we're, we're off the air you can tell me the personal cell phone number uh, absolutely no problem yeah okay it's right. <laughs> not going to happen all right yeah. lieutenant governor hochel appreciate the time talk to you soon stay safe all right great talking thank to you, you. Yeah, I, what do you think? Mini muffins for, for Governor Cuomo? What about, didn't you send um, our boss those those wonderful Ooh, English yeah, muffins? Yeah, the, um, the, they're called Wolfermans uh, yes. English muffins. I yes. would go with some wolf, wolf okay. some wealthies. Well, I, I want to get something representative of Long Island. You know, may, oh, what about some beer? Maybe I send him some Blue Point beer. Um, can I send, maybe the, is, send him <laughs> can I something send a, a little harder, can I like send a nice a, whiskey? Can I send a governor alcohol? Is that, will I get a visit from ATF? I think if I he'd, send? honestly, I think he'd appreciate it at this moment. <laughs> he might, he might.